Hi there and welcome to Dialogos with me, me Will Milne, where we talk with some of the most interesting and insightful people in the world today. Today's guest is Jim Chapman. Jim is perhaps best known as having been one of the members of the Brick Crew YouTube group, helping shape the YouTube landscape and garnering 6.5 million followers across all platforms. Jim has also become, uh, on the side, a successful model and uh, writer. Uh, thanks so much for coming uh, on an episode, Jim. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Well, so I'll, I'll dive right in. Um, looking at your career, creativity seems to sort of be at the heart of it. And also that seems to sort of be the case in your family. Where do you think your creativity stems from? Um, was it was it sort of n- nature? Was that like what you inherited or...? Is there some sort of reason uh, why you value art so much? I don't know, you know, I just, I, I think it's the way, I just, I just operate that way. Um, I, I've never, <laughs> it's, it, I, I often say to my wife, if I had an ounce of business sense, an ounce of like, um, I guess, sort of thinking much more logically, uh, I'd be a multimillionaire by now, <laughs> but don't I just I don't think in numbers I think in I think in shapes and words and things you know um yeah. uh, I think it is something that sort of runs in my family both my sisters are makeup artists uh my brother used to be a carpenter so you know very like handy uh my nan used to like restore um old dolls um for for old like antique doll things uh my uncles an artist um I just we all seem to be uh creative people so i don't think i could ever really fight it i in fact the idea of um doing um like a business type thing like i used to work in offices i've i've, I've done that sort of thing before um and for me it's incredibly stifling i i, I just need to um think and do um you know uh, it's really it's kind of a bit of a wishy-washy answer but i i constantly have to be um, making a thing so like on a daily basis what does that how does that sort of manifest do you just find something creative yeah I mean that? for yeah. a long time it was just it was the internet social media uh, because it back in the day uh, you know like you, you could create a really cool piece of content for me now that novelty is wearing off slightly because I've been doing it so long it's hard to find that something that will scratch that itch that I haven't kind of already done so I spend a lot of my time at my desk writing, um, telling stories, whether it's a screenplay or um, I'm writing a book at the moment. There's sort of things like that. I'm, I'm drawing again. I used to draw quite a lot. I used to be quite talented. Um, and um, I'm getting back into it because I haven't done it for so long and it seems like a skill I sort of squandered. Um, so I'm currently mm. on like a, an online um, course, learning how to do it again properly. Because I also, I like to, I like to try things and I like to sort of do that creative stuff I don't like just throwing myself in and, and um, hoping for the best I like to have some sort of foundation there you know yeah. so with the drawing I actually have a talent I can draw pretty well but because uh, I'm doing it all digitally now on the iPad I need to learn how to use the program properly and there are things that I don't know how to do like there's a load of techniques and things that that are beyond me at the moment but that for me is where the magic lies in that sort of challenge. I don't like things that are too easy. It doesn't, it doesn't satisfy me. I like to sort of be uh, ever so slightly out of my comfort zone because I think that's where, where the, the development is. Um, when you sort of got more successful, or as you say, creating videos was sort of your creative sort of outlet mm. uh, in the past. 
when you get more views and get more sort of i guess famous does that does that ever like stifle your creativity or make you sort of do you ever like is it easy to lose sight of the creative creative aspect and just totally, think, yeah when, when it yeah. starts becoming a career you have to then take it more seriously right so mm. there are creative decisions that you won't then make because that's how you pay your bills um yeah. and there are things where you, <laughs> you might go oh i could do that but it's maybe a little risky so maybe i shouldn't in case it doesn't land very well or something you know so yeah and also because my content is sort of lifestyle it almost like pleases the masses as opposed to i don't have like a niche for example if i did say fitness or um if it was just uh, a skill that i had um i i liken it quite often to people like uh, my, my sister my sister's a makeup artist on social media so they're almost like plumbers they're never going to be out of work as long as people want to know about makeup they're always going to have an audience whereas my stuff is much more general so i I need to entice them, I suppose, with with me. Um, And so that gets trickier in terms of keeping it fresh and exciting. But equally, it does mean there are things like there's lots of stuff I've tried that I've been quite 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 a lot about, which doesn't translate very well to my audience. Um, So, yeah, it it definitely does change the decisions you might make when it becomes a, a career and start monetizing it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think um, nowadays with sort of influencing, it, the, the like, do, do you think they've, do you think creativity has been lost or do you think, do you think there are, is still a lot of creativity out there? Think, into... It's, it's t- I have a slightly uh, warped view, view I think, because I'm really nostalgic for yeah. when I first started, where the internet back then was a really lovely place, a really welcoming place. It was full of, uh, uh, it was an adventure. I mean, our audience were really keen on just sort of investing in us and going along the adventure with us. I don't think it's necessarily less creative now. I do think that it's more uh, vacuous. I, I think it doesn't last as long. I think it's it's creating lots of micro-famous people who are going to be really successful for a couple of years and then there are issues up when that time for them is up you know, um, and I think it is, it is much more formulaic at the moment. I think part of the problem is you have trending audio. So everybody makes a really similar video to the same sounds. And actually you scroll through your feed now and you watch the same piece of content 18 times yeah. from different creators just because that audio is performing well. And actually the stuff they make is, is pretty much carbon copies apart from as a different person doing it. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think I think it, the, the thing with this is open to everybody, right? So but back when I started doing it, 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 it was open to everybody then, but it was such a small thing, no one really knew it existed. Um, now it is so huge that anybody with a phone can do it. Um, and I think what that seems to have done in a way is sort of, for me, dull it a bit because the, it seems like if everybody's doing it, there's... Yeah less sort of uniqueness to it um that being said i sit and scroll for ages the same as everybody else um but it does seem a little less meaningful now you you just briefly referenced how there was sort of like a like a a space that you could step into at the start of your career Mm. how did you find that space because it 
it seems nowadays it seems like quite like a normal thing to do but back then was it quite a quite a big step yeah I mean, yes and no i mean it wasn't a big step for me because i didn't intend it to be i had no idea going into it that it was going to end up the way it did um so in a way for me it was just a chart a creative outlet and nothing more like I, i've had no idea it was going to make any money and become a become what it became and um give me the opportunities that it has so in that capacity it was very easy because i think if there's no pressure then there's no worries mm. uh but equally it you know it was also a bit more innocent i would say as well because we were talking to 10 20 30 sometimes a couple of hundred people to begin with whereas now it's so mammoth that you are exposing yourself to loads and loads of people when you might not be prepared for it um and the <laughs> but even back then the internet it felt like a nicer more constructive place so people could they'd support but if there were issues or if i had done something wrong that that kind of set me right as opposed to just instantly uh attack or you know what i mean like it, it, mm-hmm. at the moment it, it, the internet does feel a bit more sort of volatile people are looking to uh looking to hate i think sometimes not always i'm I sound really negative but it certainly is um people are getting cancelled left right and center um and that's partly because there are more people doing silly shit <laughs> don't get me wrong and there are people that, that totally deserve to be and i fully believe also that if you have a platform which now we all do you have to be held accountable for the platform you have and you absolutely have to uphold um the best possible standards 100 percent um but w- i think now we're, we're very quick to just yeah point the finger and some, yeah. some people are really young you know i'm yeah. 35 now when i first started i was in my early 20s people who are first starting now are in their teens um and some of the stuff i said and did as a teenager i'd never get away with in like the public realm now because i was growing and i was learning and yeah. the issue is you're doing that to a massive audience and getting punished for it on the a representative scale if you're doing it to millions of people then you get punished by this you know by, by those millions of people but it's hard being a teenager is hard enough as it is i think sometimes i don't think think you necessarily also need the world to see it and then to hold you uh accountable for normal teenage antics you know yeah yeah yeah. that makes sense um you sort of mentioned how uh initially you also you grew in uh sort of success and you didn't intend it to ever get go anywhere Mm-hmm. So some people, especially influencers, so I keep on bringing up influencers nowadays, they just want a little, like a few seconds of, you know, just being the most famous person, I don't know, for a few, few minutes. But back then, it was a genuine desire to create something. And then it, sponta- it, then it became, then you became more well-known. How did you deal with that? And how did that feel? Did you, were you uncomfortable? Were you comfortable? It, it, it's kind of, it kind of grew gradually. Yeah. fairly rapidly but it was also sort of like incrementally it wasn't just one day i woke up and i had yeah. loads of people it's a bit different now like people can suddenly in the space of just a few weeks blow up online yeah. and become incredibly important the issue with that is it, it you know i've been doing this nearly 15 years now but a lot of people who are younger and just starting um and are suddenly becoming successful quickly is that they have no real 
like I, I've I've been told no a million times. I've learned my lessons as I've gone. So I I, I don't believe I'm the most important person in the world. Mm-hmm. But if you're fairly young, you know, a teenager, early twenties, suddenly you've got millions of people who who are listening to your every word. It's very easy to start believing your own hype, and that's incredibly dangerous, particularly the social media audience because it doesn't last forever. Um, it's quite transient now. I've been really fortunate that when I started, I, I, I have a theory that I hit it right place, right time, and I was the right guy to then yeah. uh, knuckle down and make it into a thing. But I've had people who've been watching me since the beginning, right? And so they've really invested in me. I think nowadays you have an audience who doesn't necessarily invest in the people, they invest in sort of the content they make. But as soon as, but now there are so many, so many people doing similar content that they'll, if they don't want to watch that person anymore, they'll go over here and they'll shift around a bit and it seems a bit more um less less committal so mm. as a result you get people who are really really important for the space of two three four years and then suddenly it's gone mm. again um so my issue is not so much about how you do it on the rise it's what happens on the way back down um because these people have suddenly become uh really famous but then they're forgotten about really quickly and they're still in their 20s and what do they do after that do they go and work in a normal job doing a normal thing can they do that after that you know what i mean so um it's tricky for sure mm-hmm. um but you are you're right as well and i didn't intend for this to happen when it did happen i held on tight and i kind of rode that wave and it it, it i think now people i think they just want to be uh not all, obviously, but I think everyone just wants that break and they want to suddenly be really cool and successful online. Um, and they don't necessarily think about what it means and what it takes and how to make it last. Yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. On a more like tangible level, what is it like being recognised when you're down the street? Because like, like, just for, for listeners, we Jim came to Durham, uh, where I go to university recently, and I remember we were out side of like in the street i can't remember just somewhere and um people just come up to you and like take selfies and that's just like must be just like a weird sort of yeah it's just my job now like i've been doing it so long that i'm so entirely used to it um i I have almost like a sixth sense about it i just know when i'm being looked at because what you don't you know obviously when i was with you i get stopped on the street and ask for selfies but what you don't see and what you won't be attuned to is all the people that don't ask but do recognize so I see that just walking down the street. It happens less in London because I think London's a slightly older crowd um, and everyone's got their heads down and I am a very small fish in a very big pond in this city. Um, where, But if I go to particular university cities uh, mm-hmm. like Durham or Norwich where I'm from um, or Cheltenham where Sarah's from, I get stopped much more, I get looked at much more and I kind of forget. I think living in London's really good for me in that way because I... <laughs> there's no risk of me getting a big head about it because <laughs> it doesn't happen so often i get you know listen if i get on the tube i will get spotted by somebody um they won't necessarily stop and talk to me they won't necessarily ask for a selfie but they'll they'll look and i'm so used to it now but honestly if if i have the time and i usually you know if i'm not rushing somewhere someone asks for a selfie or if they just want to say hello i've got i will stop and i'll have a chat because you know why why wouldn't i so it is, I think when I'm, when I'm with people who I haven't met before and I get stopped, uh, like when, when I first met Sarah, I was getting stopped on the street. She was like, what is it? <laughs> what is going on? Who are you? What does this, what does this mean? 
Um, but for me, I've been so used to it now for over, well over a decade that it doesn't even phase me. You know, mm. I just start by ask who they are, what they're up to, how they're doing, take a photo if that's what they want, and then I get on with my day. And um, it's just it's just now part of what I do. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's really important. Just like remaining grounded, remaining just like like a normal person, and also remaining nice. Because I I was watching a, an interview you did. Um, I think it was I think it was like a clip from like Stephen Bartlett, and it, he was saying. Uh, and you were saying you pride yourself on being nice mm. and so i'm sort of curious like obviously that's we all try that but like you, you actively it seemed like an active decision do you know like where where did that that desire come from like is there like a reason because um, it sounds it sounds very like stupid like obviously everyone does, wants to be nice we know they don't this, this is the thing like particularly yeah. in my world i've discovered that um and, and particularly with people in my kind of size because of what I do I do a lot of like hosting and presenting and stuff so I've worked with like A-listers plenty where I'm mm. interviewing them for a thing for the most part they are lovely because they've worked their way up to where they are they appreciate how fortunate that they are to be in the position they've been in they've been the runner or they've been the guy that goes to get coffee they've been told no at auditions a million times and they've made it and they're grateful and they uh, love the work they do but then you get influencers like, like me. And again, I'm talking generally here. I'm not talking about all of them. Influencers like me or Z-listers or reality TV stars who have just about a taste of it. Um, and it very quickly goes to their head. They expect everything for free. Don't say please and thank you. They don't turn up on time. Um, they, they have a sense of like ego about them. They're just, they're just very difficult. What I've discovered is actually it takes more effort to be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it does just to be nice because yeah. you just created an environment around you and also like people work with people right if i'm difficult to work with if i don't turn up on time and i don't say please and thank you and all that stuff um and i'm a nightmare to have on set or whatever wherever i may be where i'm working it just won't have you back there's a million of these you know I, i'm a straight white 35 year old <laughs> i'm everyone there's no reason to hire me if i'm difficult so it's kind of a conscious effort but it's also my sort of natural um way of being i just i, I just um i i just think you get more bees with honey i just would yeah. rather be pleasant to people i don't want i never want someone to leave um a conversation with me or uh, a working environment with me or just, just any time with me to think god he was awful wasn't he? he was hard work i just mm. want to think oh well wasn't that nice because at the end of the day right, we're all doing our job whether mm. you're me or you're brad pitt or you're the guy who is running to get coffee. We yeah. always want to do our job and go home on time and go, oh, that was a good day at work. You know, yeah. no one, no one needs to tolerate fools. It just doesn't seem necessary. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, did you ever find that you had to, was there, was there ever like a time when you felt, oh, I, I am going a bit off track. I'm getting a bit sort of, no, I'm not saying this is the case with you, but wait, yeah. did you ever feel like you got too obsessed because loads of people in your position would get very obsessed with themselves. And yeah, just but I, really, I mean, there, there were, I've never really kind of been like that, but, but definitely, um, to, especially towards the beginning when it first started taking off, I was like, oh my God, I might be onto something here. Uh, and I don't think it ever affected sort of my ego as such, but yeah. I certainly would... Um, I guess see myself a bit differently and go, oh, I'm actually, I'm quite important. That's cool. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I also think there's, there's a problem in all that. <laughs> this is a silly thing to say, but one of the things that I find most um, satisfying is how little I matter. You know, yeah. If I die tomorrow, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. No one's really going to care apart from my family and a few friends. Mm. Um, I'm not that important. I just happen to make content on social media and I've got a lot mm. of people who watch it. They'll be fine. <laughs> if, I, mm. if I get hit by a bus, they'll survive. Life, life continues for them. So it's really important to realize that I'm not the center of the universe. And I think um, I never really got that far, but certainly to begin with, it's really, it's really hard not to have that um, sense of self-importance. For me, the way I, a, lot, a big way I keep it in check is by doing other stuff. Yeah. You know, I, in the influencer world, I'm well-renowned and well-regarded and um, have been doing it since the beginning. And a lot of people know who I am. But in the world of the other stuff I do, nobody gives a shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's really important because although having a bunch of followers means doors open for me, like if I write a thing and I deliver it to someone, it's going to land higher on the desk than someone who doesn't have a, a you know a pre-existing sort of personality, shall we say. So at least it will get read. However, if it's shit, <laughs> but it's still shit regardless of who I am, right? So um, it's really important, I think, for a lot of people in my world to step out and do stuff in adjacent worlds uh, where the challenge remains and where they aren't as important. We get told no sometimes. It doesn't do you any harm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to move on to sort of me- mental health because mm. back in... Back in the day, in the early YouTube days, surely like YouTubers weren't weren't like supporting. Were they, were they supporting each other in the way that perhaps might be, people might support each other nowadays? Like, what was the support mechanism? Because you're getting all these terrible like all Jim Chapman that video wasn't great and stuff like that, and that knocks you down. So how does? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. What I would say is at the beginning, it was all really positive. You really yeah. struggled to find much hate, oh, okay. much negativity, uh, which does sound ridiculous, but it's true. Like, you know, yeah. for, for me, there was a group of, what, like 10 of us back then yeah. who were like sort of the, the originals. Um, and you'd, you'd really struggle to find much negativity there. Um, yeah. And we hung out constantly. So we're all, we were yeah. all with each other all the time. Um, so... The, the support was kind of there just just by nature of being in proximity, I suppose. Um, I actually think in a way there's less support now because as the internet's got older and uglier and more quick to anger, um, and as people... It, it, people also have to do more and more extreme things in order to cut through. So not only has an audience become a little more um, volatile, the influencers themselves have to push the boundaries a bit more in order to get their time in the spotlight. But those two things together can often mean that people do things that, you know, it doesn't get received very well, doesn't land very well, and they get um, get in trouble for it. Yeah. But, it is also really difficult to any sort of celebrity, right? If you look at any sort of, very often celebrities have uh, mental health issues. The, the, you know, there, there aren't many who, oh, this is maybe a bit of an exaggeration, but there are so many who aren't happy. Mm. There is a point where more, 
more fame doesn't mean more happiness. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, you constantly feel like you're being watched. And listen, I'm not that famous. Um, you know, I, I've got a lot of people in, in my world. I'm, I'm well known, but you step out of that and I'm not that famous. But you look at people who have transcended that or people who are in the, you know, the traditional media who, who are incredibly famous. Very often they can't leave the house without having chaperones of security with them. There's no way that doesn't <laughs> impact your mental health because you just can't feel safe um in your own space right you, you can't just walk down the street i, I get looked at i get stopped to get asked selfies right i don't get swarmed um i, I saw a thing the other day that apparently since 2009 beyonce has not left the house on her own like that's right. crazy right yeah. um so it definitely does have an impact particularly now with an audience who are also more willing to sort of charge in yeah what do you think about um children frequently using like social media to the extent they do because i i sort of think that with this sort of at the back of my mind surely for you you create you you create content and you have created content so surely you want people to be constantly watching your content but also you you might want them to have a more like rounded life so yeah, like how do you I, it, it, does it contradict ever or it does it yeah i've got a real moral quandary about it for me although i like to think that my corner of the internet is a really positive place yeah. if you just scroll through my content it's um i would like to think it's reality it's my reality you know um i'm not pretending that i'm you know i live a nice life now i didn't to begin yeah. with but i now i live a pretty nice middle class life uh in in london right um and my, if you've been with me for a long time, my audience can see how that's happened. I'm not pretending otherwise, and I'm not apologizing for it. Um, but I do like to think if you scroll through my content, it does have a theme of sort of like it's reality, it's my, it's my real yeah. life. I'm not showing off. I'm not there to um, uh, make you feel bad about the things that you don't have because I have it, you know. Yeah. Um, however, I am encouraging people to spend more time on their phones. Uh, and I struggle with that because as a whole, social media doesn't do people's mental health much good. Um, mm. You know, you get a little micro dose of dopamine every time you scroll, but you mm. go and do something, even if it's something boring, like filling up the dishwasher, right? You do that mm. and you get actually a much bigger hit of dopamine because you completed a task. Throw in a walk or a workout or a cuddle um, and suddenly you are a much happier person, right? But if you're just yeah. scrolling through all day long, you're net negative. So you're actually less um, happy from, from doing it. And I'm aware yeah. that me creating content means more people spending more time on their phones. Yeah. The best I can do is create for content that is at least yeah. positive and makes people happy, I hope. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, it is. I do have like a, uh, a contradiction within myself about it. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, I'm not going to change the internet. No, I can't no, stop no. people. If it's not me, it's somebody else that they're watching. You know, I can't stop them from, from doing it. Um, so I, I, I think the best I can do is try to make it a happy place. Mm. Yeah. And certainly from scrolling through, it does seem like seem like quite a, like a very wholesome sort of... Yeah, I like um, to think so. Yeah, I was watching the video you, some, you uploaded, I think, like a couple of days ago. It was just very, I guess, wholesome and yeah. Yeah, so in that aspect, yeah, I like so, to think yeah. so. It, it's um, I don't take it all too seriously. I'm not there yeah. just to sort of uh, 
show how cool and sexy and yeah. important I am. You know, it's not, it's not about that. Um, and I think that's um, based on the stuff I scroll through. It's a breath of fresh air. <laughs> when, when did it dawn on you that you were um, a role model for others? Because you're speaking then about having wholesome, good content for other people to... To, to see um when, when did it dawn on you that you actually had a responsibility and did you ever feel that you didn't live up to that responsibility or you did do it um yeah i don't know i mean i still get stopped on the street now by people who've been watching me since the beginning yeah and like oh my god i grew up to you you're such a great role model and that's lovely um i never intended that to be the case obviously and there was a point where i sort of resisted against it not because i didn't want to set a good example but because i was like i don't want to be that yeah <laughs> i'm only creating videos on the internet i'm not here to be your dad uh yeah. you know so there was a point where i didn't necessarily want to be a role model i just it felt like a lot of pressure mm. but i think it almost happened sort of vicariously through the content i created and uh i guess the man i've become yeah um i i guess i just happened to have <laughs> a, a wholesome approach to to life and it and it just sort of became that way so now I now that I'm actually a dad as well, I, I, I think it's a really lovely thing to hear um, that people have watched me for a long time. Like I've, I've genuinely, I'm not saying this for credit or anything. I've had people tell me, stop me going, oh my God, you saved my life. I was really like feeling terrible and feeling like very low um, and was thinking about like taking my own life. And it was me and people like me who helped get them through. Um, mm. And that's the most amazing thing to hear, right? So, um, yeah, it, it's as I've kind of grown into it, I think it's, it's something that I view a bit differently now. Yeah, yeah. Um, because is it because it, I suppose it's because every single moment, well, it seems like your whole life was them sort of living it's sort of with you in a way, in a sort of in a yeah, sense. Yeah, but the, I, I guess the, 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 uh, what people don't see is that they, they get five, you know, back in the day it was a YouTube video, right? They get 10, 15 minutes of my day. Now it's Instagram. They get a photo yeah. or they get a reel 15 seconds yeah. or whatever it is. So actually I live a 24 hour day like everybody else. Yeah. So they don't see, there's, they, they don't see a great deal. Um, mm. and I share less now than I ever have before because I've got the kids to think about and all yeah. that stuff. So there is almost like a it's not an illusion because it's not like something i'm doing on purpose but people take from me what i give them you know the the, the chunks yeah. of my time that I, I share with them and i guess yeah. they sort of extrapolate the rest and <laughs> just make assumptions yeah. um yeah. but you know although i get like looked at a lot and and having like a private life is difficult if i'm out in public like at home there's, I get, no one knows what I'm up to yeah. <laughs> unless I get yeah. my camera out. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it's not as invasive as you might think you, it did used to be cause I was doing much, yeah. much more. Um, but it's not as invasive as you might think it is, but it, I think it feels like people get a real insight to my life because I share snippets of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you just mentioned, uh, that you, uh, have, uh, children, hmm. um, how does that sort of how what's your view on sort of putting your children in content because they're they're also i can't remember so i'm not i'm not the biggest um youtube sort of nerd but there are families where they show the whole life right. like from from toddler's birth upwards and i, I find yeah, that yeah. sometimes quite 
intense and not very good. I mean, I find the odd photo fine. Yeah, but, yeah, it's not something I'll be doing. No. <laughs> uh, I share moments. Uh, I, in a way, I'm very happy to share sort of candid bits. Yeah. Like other parents would who don't happen yeah. to have as many followers as I do. Um, it's tricky because I, 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 I'm also not that phone parent. I try not to be on my phone um, around the kids' loads. Because, although my job is my phone, um, yeah. I usually have it face down on the counter or it's in my pocket somewhere away because I don't want them to, to feel less valued than my yeah. phone is. Um, and I try, if you look at my feed, you'll see plenty of them. Um, but what I've always said is my content is my life. I share bits of bits of my life. Obviously, they're a huge part of my life. But when they feature, it's kind of my life as a parent, as opposed okay. to them yeah. being the center of the content. And yeah. there are loads of family vloggers um, who share their kids, in my view, too much, or they make their kids perform. Yeah. Um, and like Margot now is too. Um, she's starting to understand it a bit more. So I, I think it, Sarah and I have discussed it at a point where we want, where we have to work out when we actually start taking her off because yeah. now she understands it more. I don't want this to be her existence where she feels like she has to perform or be on. If she wants to become an influencer down the line, hey, cool, yeah. you know, I'll do whatever I can to support whatever decision she makes, but I don't want her to be forced into it. I also think that <clears throat> being... If she starts getting a, a sense of fame, what mm. happens to a kid that goes to school who's already starts yeah. believing they're better than yeah. or more important than the other kid? I can't, that that for me yeah. doesn't make much sense. So uh, I think we're at a point where we will start um, uh, reducing that. Um, uh, just for me, protecting them is paramount. You know. Um, we're also quite like realizing so at the moment, Jesse, my youngest, he's only 13 weeks. He's really struggling with reflux. Oh, so nice. he's just really ill. Uh, since the day he was born, he just can't feed. Like kids need to do oh, two wow. things, feed and sleep, and he can't do either. Oh, so he's just very unhappy. But, so in a way, I can share that on social media and do good. Because like mm. I say, hey, this is the experience we're having. If you're having it too, you know, here's who you can talk to. Here's what can help, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so we, I, I do have issues and concerns with it, um, uh, but, but I think both Sarah and I are really diligent parents. We, we won't mm. be exposing them to things that won't uh, that are unhealthy, unfit, unsafe. You know, um, it's just they are more important than um, any of my audience. So <laughs> they come yeah. first. Yeah. Um, why? Finally, why did you diversify from? creating videos was it because you just had done what you'd done and completed it and felt, felt yeah like done the full circle kind of yeah but i mean i get bored easily okay yeah i always like new challenges um i also have discovered about myself that i quite like uh sort of progressing so you yeah. know even within the internet stuff even within social media I, yeah. I went from just doing kind of fun silly challenges to working in a, a lot of fashion brands writing for magazines going yeah. to like fashion events that sort of stuff then doing um like live hosting and presenting and working in, yeah. around films um to now doing kind of much more sort of lifestyle type stuff and very often i've been quite fortunate that the things that i've 
talked about have followed my interests. Like yeah. I write screenplays, so working in film is mm. fantastic for me. Like mm. it's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, I still love fashion, you know. Um, so working writing for GQ and going to Fashion Week was so cool for me because um, I'd already started talking about that sort of stuff, and then you get opportunities that come around it, and then you, as a result, you can make more content around it, which then only helps more opportunities come. So mm. um, it's it's amazing, and then. Um, the other stuff I do, I've got a couple of other things that I work on. So I um, write the screenplays, I write books. I am currently uh, working on, um, I come up with like IP, like intellectual property that I then um, try to get uh, commissioned and sold into TV channels. So basically I come up with TV shows. Um, oh. We've got four or five in development at the moment. Nothing's gone anywhere yet, but they're also yeah. very young. So. Um, it's just they're just new challenges. All of them yeah. are in like the creative world. Um, but they're just new things for me to try and, and see what works. Um, and I've been really fortunate that doing the other stuff I do, doing the internet, has always sort of earned me enough money that I can afford to experiment. Um, yeah. There will be a point, <laughs> but that's no longer true. <laughs> yeah, at some point, I'm, I'm going to yeah. have to. One of the other things is going to have to work. Um, but for the time being, it's just really fun to kind of play around and experiment. And I found some really interesting, like one, uh, really fantastic people, but also some like really interesting things that I'm passionate about. Like I love um, developing the shows because yeah. uh, it makes you think about like TV in such a different mm. way. I love the stuff that I write because again, it makes you think about the structure of a story or how it would look on screen or how, how it goes in a book is so uh, important. It's so different. And I, it, it, but it, it it's so satisfying for me to sit and spend time putting them together. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been really, been really lucky that I've been able to right. much out of yeah. different things. Yeah. Well, good luck with all the creative Thank stuff. Thank, thanks for, I think uh, we'll wrap it up now, but thanks for, uh, you know, contributing to this episode and being so generous with your, with your time. And yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Thank, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks. thanks. For Thank you. Episode of Dialogos with Jim Chapman hope you enjoyed the episode Uh, keep an eye out for next week's episode which is an interview with michael crick one of the most legendary political journalists of his generation that should be really uh, a really fun listen and yeah um if you enjoyed the episode don't forget to give um the podcast a follow and a rating and yeah thank you